Hey, this is your host, Paul Edsbitter Jr., and I'm here to remind you that if you have access to iTunes, we ask that you rate and review the show. That way, we'll be able to climb the charts and continue to deliver bigger and better guests so that we can continue the educated hustle journey. And now, let's start the show. Welcome to the Educated Hustle Podcast. This is your host, Paul Latvita Jr. and my co-host, Emilio Porter. Emilio, what's going on, man? I don't know what it was, but that was real That was real subtle and smooth the way you just did the intro. So, you know, <laughs> shout outs to that. I definitely felt that was more more contained. But no, it, it's, it's, been, it's been a crazy week. Like, there's been so much going on. And I, I know we don't really dab a lot into the, the, the landscape of the, the current events, but I feel like we have to t- talk about this one important issue. What is going on with United? The, the airline company, like, I, it, I I did not know that, I guess, whenever you go on a United plane, it's, kind of, it's basically like that, what, that, that old I-20 song, they fight in the club, like, that's, that's, <laughs> that's what's going on at United now, like, what's happening? It's crazy, man, basically, you know, I, I'm sure everybody's seen the video, right, um, by now, but if you haven't, uh, United overbooked their flight, and this dude was asked to get off the plane, uh, but he didn't, and... Under United's policy, uh, they have the right to remove the the person off the plane. So they kind of did so forcefully, and it was not good uh, visually. The dude was uh, bloodied and dragged like a rag doll off the plane. And uh, man, United's stock went went down so far that uh, they issued three apologies. This man is going to get all the different payment forms of free flights and cash money. And man, it's, it's been a bad look for United, but you know, it, it just kind of teaches the the people who listen to this podcast, who, who got a little business going, man, you, you gotta, you gotta make sure that you're doing it for, for the people. And you gotta, you gotta find a better way to, to solve this than, than to make it a, a huge deal out of something that could have easily been solved. Yeah, man, it's, it's 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 like I said, it's just, it's it's crazy. Keep to think about it. Like they lost overnight, like over two hundred million dollars off their stocks. So, like that, they're hurting. <laughs> you know, the, the 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 owner and CEO can can come out and say what they want to say, but they felt that blow, and it's also a testament to like how much power people have. Because I I I know me personally, all I saw was a wave of the memes and and all yeah. the all the stuff and it, it, it's just like we have that power and it's it's if we ever were to harness it like imagine what we could do and just getting off that like this has been such a terrible year for pr for companies like everyone is everyone is like one person messes up and then another person's like oh i can do worse than that then another person's like oh i can do worse than that like it was what pepsi uh yeah man pepsi took the l pepsi uh sean sean spicer um united i mean shoot it it's 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 insane but i'm sure that won't be the last one either man it's just you know, people people make poor decisions, and and social media is here now to to remind everybody that yo, we're not gonna let y'all forget this one. Exactly, man. Hey, man, L's are contagious. It's not said <laughs> enough, but L's are contagious. If anyone's taking an L around you, you have to wipe your nose, take your medicine early, because I swear, as soon as they sneeze, you'll be sneezing too. So L's are contagious. But man, 
it's <laughs> we should probably get into what our the, the hot of the show our guest today and i think with his with his negotiation skills he could have probably helped out a lot of these uh companies from making some bad decisions of course i'm talking about kwame christian i'm gonna let mr paul though give you more of the background on him yeah man kwame christian he's a uh, negotiations consultant and a business lawyer so the man is uh, amazing. I I linked up with him on a podcast group on Facebook called you know Podcast Movement uh, attendees. Uh, I never attended the, the the podcast movement yet, but after Kwame kind of gave a a little spiel about it, man, he sounds like that's a place to be. So, um, but I was on there asking a simple question about uh, if we should incorporate the podcast or not, and I got a flood of answers, but. His uh, stuck out the most because he's obviously has the lawyer experience. Uh, he's a black dude, so you know we gotta connect, we gotta <laughs> represent for the culture. Hold this uh, up, <laughs> and um, yeah. So he he was dropping. He was like, "Hey, if you want, uh, just link me, link up with me. We we could talk about fifteen minutes on the benefits of incorporating." Uh, so he kind of you know gave me the the spiel of it, how easy it is, what you need to do, where you need to go. And I was like, man, we got to get this dude on the podcast. And he was like, well, I have a podcast of my own. And I was like, perfect. Uh, it's all about negotiations. And Kwame is is you know when you when you hear the interview, it's gonna be very refreshing because he takes a topic like negotiations and makes it fun. And I think uh, after you guys uh, listen to it, uh, we got a special offer for you guys, man. And uh, Emilia, why don't you kind of explain what the listeners uh, have to look forward to? Oh, man, please, please, please people listen with the pen and paper and definitely write down because Kwame gives you a website where you can access a free prep guide into negotiations. You know, he's going to give you some basic overview, some good stuff that you might not know. And maybe you're a negotiation king, or maybe you're just like me, where the highlight of your day is trying to walk away with that extra biscuit from Popeye's. But he <laughs> covers it all, and you want to be there to hear it. And then, of course, one of the most dopest things that he actually does for the just us, you know, because it's family. But if you are one of the first 10 people who off the show access that link, you actually will get a free coaching session with him. He's only given out 10 sessions. People, 10 free sessions in coaching, negotiation and other things like you. You, you, you got to take it because like if you don't, me and Paul will take it. You know what I'm saying? We got <laughs> we got fake names for days. We got emails for days. We got the Scottish for days like. Don't don't worry about it. They'll get you. So we're like, please rush and, and take advantage because, you know, he's given out a service that people will charge you what, like thousands of dollars for and all this for just to tell you get better. So he's 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 definitely doing his uh his part to make sure it's approachable and, and earned. So please, you know, definitely check him out. Yeah. And the, the thing about Kwame is uh, he told us, you know, he had, you know, a limited time to kind of do the interview. But uh, he's such a helpful person that he's willing to go over over his time to really make sure that you guys get what you want um you can hear it when he when he talks he's all about uh working with his clients and and really spending as much time as he needs uh to make sure that his clients are satisfied and and that's landed him a couple multi-million dollar deals man i mean the the, the man is is a mastermind in negotiations and and it's it's something easy like like you said, man. Uh, car car negotiations, house negotiations, negotiation with your spouse. Um, everything 
is pretty much a negotiation, whether you look at it or not, because everybody's trying to get something out of life nowadays. So um, it's definitely a vital skill we need to build. It does get deeper. You know what, people? I'm sure you're tired of hearing us talk about him. How about we let the man do the talking? So without further ado, let's get Mr. Kwame Christian on the mic. All right, and we are joined today by Mr. Kwame Christian. He is a business lawyer and negotiations consultant. Kwame, how you doing today, man? I'm doing well, my Caribbean brothers. How y'all doing? Man, we're good, man. Just trying to get this great weather in. I mean, I know you up in Ohio. I know you're excited about this weather change. Oh, my God. Yes, we've earned it. <laughs> <laughs> for sure, for sure. And, um... I just want to jump into it, man. How how did you uh, get so passionate about negotiations? Yeah, it, it, and it's a really funny story. And and I think what's funniest about it is that I didn't know the answer until it was brought out of me with a with a great question. So I was actually on a podcast interview last year, and the guy was trying to get deep into that. And then I realized that my passion for negotiation actually started in my youth, um, because kind of alluding to what we talked about, my, my greetings to you, we're, we're all Caribbean Americans, first generation Caribbean Americans. So when I grew up in, uh, I, I grew up in rural Ohio, small town. Um, I was the only black person in my school and um, I had a really strong Caribbean accent. And um, so I was very different from everybody else. So growing up, I realized that now looking back through this lens, I was always negotiating acceptance. It really made me keenly aware to my surroundings and um, how to build. It forced me to focus on building rapport and being liked. And um, I was essentially negotiating friendship. And then fast forward to um, undergrad, I, I was fascinated with human cognition, and that's why what led me to study psychology. So I had a got a my undergrad in psychology, um, minors in Spanish and foundations of law. And then I stumbled across um, negotiation um, in law school um, when I was getting my JD and a master of public policy. Ooh, and that's a journey right there. And you know what? I think that's crazy because a lot of people, you know, we know negotiators out there when you have to go buy your buy your house, buy your car. But I don't think a lot of people ever think about, you know, career wise going into it. So definitely big props to you for even considering negotiation because I think I, I personally would love to hear more people around me saying, hey, I want to help make this a more practical thing because, you know, someone like me, I'm scared to go buy my first car because I already know it's all of them <laughs> willing and dealing. My parents are good at it, but, you know, I have to learn. But, you know, speaking of that, that's a good segue to my question. So, obviously, you're a big, big, big in the inside of negotiation art of it. Could you actually tell us about a time you may have, like, failed in negotiations and what did you learn from it in order to be better at it? Oh, yes, definitely. Definitely. And before I get into it, I want to give a, a shameless plug here. In my episode, in, on my podcast, I have a three-part car negotiation series. So it's like talking about how to prepare for the car negotiation. And then I talked to one of my friends whose dad was in the car, um, the, the used car industry for 50 years. And then I actually record a conversation that I have, a negotiation I have for a car where I say get 13% below market. And so I use that kind of like as a model for how to have a successful negotiation. So when you're ready to buy that car, uh, check out that episode and you can, and you can Man, see how I'm already it. on the website. Just download it. Don't worry about me. I appreciate the tip, though. <laughs> yeah, no problem, man. Okay, yes, yeah, so a time when I failed. 
And I think this this is a really great example of sometimes trying to push too hard, especially when you don't know the context. So this was a multi-million dollar commercial real estate deal. I was brought in uh, kind of after the fact. My clients um, were working with, uh, they were trying to sell their property. And so I was in a situation where I didn't know the entire relationship dynamics between my client and the other side. And so what had been happening is that my client, excuse me, was, was dragging their feet when it came to um, getting these things in, in, in order, like getting due diligence and taking a long time to respond. So the other side was getting frustrated with that, and they were kind of questioning their commitment to the deal. So we were at the point where the deal was already made. And so in real estate, what often happens is, yeah, we get a deal made, but then we need to now after the, the contract is signed, we need to negotiate which expenses are going to be paid by who. And so there was an $8,000 expense and um, they just kind of asked for it. They didn't really substantiate what, why they wanted 8,000 or why they thought we should pay for it, but they just wanted 8,000. And so again, remember, this is a multi-million dollar deal. Um, just uh, let's say about $2 million deal. And so 8,000 in the grand scheme of things is not that much, but I am, I wanted to get as much value as I could for my client. And so I said, they, they did not substantiate this. Let's just split the difference. If, if, if it was more important to them, they would have substantiated it. And so by pushing just that little bit more, the other side decided to walk away from the deal. And so the reason that was a mistake was not that I asked for more. The reason was I asked for more more and didn't really consider the relationship dynamics. Because again, like I said, they weren't really trusting in my client's commitment to the deal. And uh, the fact that we were willing to push on such a minor issue um, made them feel as though we weren't really committed. So they walked away. And so I feel bad about it, but I think um, in the given the totality of circumstances and seeing what my clients did subsequently with other interactions, they probably would have walked away from another for as a result of another infraction. But I know in that case, it was because I pushed too hard. So I've, I've learned from that to, to, to really take everything into consideration and not get too greedy. If it's a good deal, take it. Not worth the risk pushing too far. The first of many right there, right there. I'm telling you. <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, it's it's pretty big to even have the opportunity to negotiate a multi-million dollar deal. I mean, that must have been exciting, exhilarating. And I'm sure you have plenty more wins uh, than losses in that situation. Thank you. Yeah, it was exciting. And, and, it, it's, and it's good to learn, too, because the way I look at it when it comes to career advancement or just really life development. If all you do is win, 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 no matter what, that means you're not trying very hard. <laughs> that means you're not pushing yourself. Uh, so, um, so yeah, it, it was a loss. It did hurt. Um, but you know, I think it's supposed to hurt. That's how it sticks, but you get over it, pick yourself up, learn from it. Don't make the same mistake again. Exactly. And I just wanted to go back a little bit. You know, you talked about the uh, the car situation. I actually wanted to ask, you know, I know you have an episode on it and I hope our listeners go listen to it. But if you can briefly give some kind of tips to to win in a car or house negotiation, you know, what would you what tips would you give uh, for our listeners in those situations? Definitely. Uh, and this is fun because I use this as a metaphor for all negotiations. 
And I think too, I, 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 and this is an oversight on my part, I forgot to give my definition of a negotiation. Um, it, to me, a negotiation is anytime you're communicating with somebody and somebody wants something or wants to persuade somebody of something. So when you think about it with that definition, it's pretty broad and you recognize that negotiation is all around us. About 90 to 95% of our conversations would be considered a negotiation under that definition. So improving this skill isn't a matter of oh, I don't like negotiation. It doesn't matter. <laughs> You're going to be doing it anyway. So you might as well do it well. And so um, with this car negotiation example, it starts with research. And this is how it starts with every negotiation. I put the, the subject, if it's a, in this case, it's a car. In other cases, it might be an individual with whom I'm negotiating in the situation. Put them through what I call the dating test. How much information would I want to know about this situation or this person if I was going to date them? And so when you think about it that way, it takes your level of research to a new level, you know, because you're not only looking at LinkedIn, you're looking at their, uh, their social media, you're looking at their blog posts. And so with the car, you're looking at every single, all of the reviews, you're looking at the reviews of the, uh, the specific salesperson you're dealing with to see their idiosyncrasies. Um, because sometimes you can go to a dealership and see, oh yeah, Steve was really great to work with. He gave me a great deal. Oh, I worked with Marsha. She's, she knows her stuff, but she is not willing to negotiate. It's like, okay, well, now I know if I go to this dealership, I'm dealing with Steve. Um, you want to know as much as you can going into the conversation. Uh, you want to know what the, the, um, what the incentive structures could possibly be with the dealership. You want to know what the, uh, the asking price is for the car versus what the fair market value is. So you want to be armed with all of this information because in the end of the, at the end of the day, the person with the most information is in a better position to win. So after you gather that information, uh, you step into the, uh, you, well, let, let's take a pause then. We, we don't step into the negotiation yet. So we now we have all the information, but we want to gather as much leverage as possible. So when I say that, I mean, you want to create a scenario where the situation that you create is persuasive in and of itself. So here are a couple of things. Um, I want the situation through my preparation to do a lot of the heavy lifting for me. So what does this look like? I know that towards the end of the month, because of my research, dealers are, dealerships are more willing to make a deal because they have a quota. I know that. So that means they're going to be more flexible because they want to move product. They're not going to be focusing so much on the margins. They're going to be focusing on moving these cars. That's one thing. I also know on rainy days, there's less foot traffic. So because of that, they're going to be more eager to make a deal on days where the weather's worse because they've had less opportunities to make deals. I also know during the middle of the week, there's less traffic. Again, less likely to make a deal. So when I did the call to get the, uh, the lowest price, it was uh, earlier in the day. <laughs> they actually lowered the price earlier that same day. And I was still able to get over a thousand bucks off. Um, and um, the, the, I, I was almost at the point where I didn't want to post it because it was too easy. They lowered the price earlier. They still lowered the price with me. It was a Wednesday, the last day of the month, and it was raining. Wow. All the so perfect I, factors. Yeah. <laughs> right. And so I was like, I was like, do I even want to post this? Because I barely got to use any negotiation skills. But then I realized that I was able to use the most important negotiation skill. Preparation. That's what it's all about. You don't go into these conversations freestyling it. You prepare. Prepare for a long time. And when you do it the right way, your preparation does the heavy lifting for you. 
I mean, I'm having a hard time, like, you know, listening and also trying to talk. So I got another notepad out and everything. I'm wearing out my, my pen. <laughs> but it, it's, it's, it's good stuff, man. It's great stuff. I know listeners, please go out there and check this man out because he's dropping gems here. At, you know, I, I can imagine on his podcast, like, he's dropping even more. But you know what? Let's get to the podcast. Let's talk about that a little bit. So obviously, you've reached some success with it. And I think whenever we have other podcasters on here, we always want to ask, like, what advice would you give our listeners who kind of want to get into podcasting? Yeah. So the first thing is just start. And I know they're like, ooh, Kwame, so deep. Just start. Listen, it's a little (laughs) bit deeper than that. So the thing is, a lot of times we procrastinate through perfectionism. We try to wait until the time is perfect to get started. The the fact of the matter is there is no perfect time to start. Fact of the matter is your first few episodes are going to be bad regardless because you've never done this before. So think of it this way. You want to fail faster. You want to get those bad episodes out of the, out of your system so you can start getting good quickly. Um, so just start. And then also another thing too, be flexible because this, this is a journey. And here's a great example at the beginning. Uh, this is now my uh, we celebrated my one year anniversary uh, last week, which was pretty exciting. Um, the The podcast name was <laughs> when I first started. I don't think many people know because few people were listening at the time, so they didn't care. Um, it was called uh, the um, so my company, the consulting firm, is called the American Negotiation Institute, and I was feeling really original apparently because I named the podcast the American Negotiation Institute's podcast. <laughs> uh, um, so that had to change. So I changed it to negotiation for entrepreneurs because that was the target market I wanted to approach. And then I started surveying the clients, uh, surveying the um, the listeners, because and I'm sure you could uh, attest to this. You can see the stats. You can see people are there. But it's like you're speaking to an invisible audience. You don't yeah. like you, you. Who are you people? I, who right. are you? So I kept on asking people to reach out to me on LinkedIn and, and do the survey. And then what I found is only about 34% of my listeners are entrepreneurs. And then when I looked at the stats of my episodes, the episodes that are focused on career and the episodes that are really general in nature, like the car negotiation or the, the, hol- the holiday gift giving guide or the, the episode on how to say no effectively, those are like my most popular episodes. And so then I sent out another survey. I was like, listen, you people are not who I thought you were, <laughs> but that's cool. Um, Tell me what you want to hear and I'll, I'll get that. I'll get that on the podcast and tell me what you would like the new name of the podcast to be. So last week I changed the name of the podcast. We had a vote and, and um, it was actually, they actually chose a name that I would never have chosen, but the name that was overwhelmingly more popular was negotiate anything. And now the people have spoken and that's the new name. So it's, it's cool. You just have to be flexible. You never know where it's going to go. Had people had people reach out to me? I wasn't even soliciting clients. You know, people reaching out to me um, you, for uh, to be a consultant on some deals, to do coaching and all that stuff. And um, it, it's been really cool. And from that, it's they I've allowed them to kind of uh, show me the path to uh, profitability, uh, just because I'm willing to listen to what they say and figure out who they are. And that's a great tip for, you know, anyone who's getting into podcasting, because uh, I believe that, you know, the audience is is what directs what you what you what what guests you bring in, what content you put out. So that's amazing that you uh, went to the people you kind of straight away from what you thought would be successful to to make the audience happy. Yeah, it's been fun. 
And I and I definitely want to um, you know, dive into more of the you know, you have your legal background, but you know, eventually you want to, you know, make negotiations your full time your full time gig. Um, you know, what advice do you have for people who who are looking to make that jump from legal to business uh, like you did? Ah, uh, yes. And w- what's funny is that, uh, there are a lot of legal escapees, people who have <laughs> made the transition. Because um, the law, the, the practice of law is very conservative and not conservative in a political sense, but in a risk aversion type of sense. Um, that's our job. Our job is to worry about our clients <laughs> and think about the worst possible things that can happen. And so it's very it's rare to see people who are very entrepreneurial be lawyers. And so what I would say to people who want to make that shift is that you need to become comfortable with the fact that your very risk-averse friends will be questioning your decisions and they will be questioning your sanity. It's like, oh, and, and they'll also be questioning your ability because they'll assume in their world, the only reason you would choose not to be a lawyer is because you couldn't cut it. And so that was one of the things that held me back because I was like, what are my lawyer friends going to think if I uh, stop practicing law or if I open up my own firm like I did? Um, but then I just realized, like, listen, if there, are, first of all, these people are not talking to me. I'm assuming that this, these are the negative things that they're saying. So it might not even be real. Uh, first of all, second of all, if they're thinking these things, they're not my friends. So why am I trying to concern myself with people who don't care about me? And I just had to come to the conclusion that I would feel better with my life if I fail my way than if I succeeded somebody else's way. So coming to that realization gave me a lot more liberty and, uh, and, and confidence when it came to the fact that, listen, whether I win or lose, I'm doing this my way and I'm going to enjoy it versus having the, being faced with the prospect of being stuck in a career where, yeah, I could make a lot of money, but feel unfulfilled and be upset. That's not a life I was willing to make, willing to live. So to me, the, the risk of, of, just following the path of, of least resistance uh, versus um, possibly living on my dreams. I think it was an easy choice to make once I started thinking about it this way. And that is like crazy because you, you've had a lot of success with negotiation. And I'm glad to hear that, you, you know, you're standing tall and you're keeping moving. That's the best part about, you know, when you make these decisions and knowing that you're coming through and fulfilling it. So, like I said, a lot of success in negotiation. And it's kind of funny because you said, you know, you had some people who were questioning you, but you actually had the honor or privilege to join, well, not to join, to be a part of the American Bar Association Regional Negotiation Competition. And you won it. Like, <laughs> if there's any, that, that's the origin story right there. Like, he won it. So, I mean, of course, could you tell us about the experience? And then what did that moment mean to you? And I know it must have meant a lot. Oh man, it was crazy. Uh, it, the the whole story is crazy. So first of all, um, the way I found negotiation in law school was that the class fit in my schedule. That's the only reason I took the class. Wow. I didn't have any, any idea that I would enjoy it. I was I was going through the motions at the time. I was like, ah, I don't like law, and I just figured that out. <laughs> what do I do? And so uh, and so I found this class. I was like, it fits in my schedule. Let's do it. And I was like, this is so cool because it was the easily the most practical thing I've ever learned in school because I can see how it works with lawyers. About 90, 95% of cases settle. Settle meaning they negotiate it out before you get to see the trial. So lawyers are negotiating all the time. Then in business, in business, people are negotiating all the time. 
then, like I said, when you have a broad perspective of what, of what a negotiation is, you realize you're negotiating all the time at home with your, with your spouses, your family, and your friends. So I was like, this is the most important thing I could ever learn. And so um, it turned out, I didn't know it at the time, but um, Ohio State has the second, had the second-ranked dispute resolution program in the country, and, and now it's actually number one, ahead of um, Harvard, Yale, Stanford, all those schools. And so it's a really highly acclaimed program. And they had a negotiation competition after the class. I was like, Psh, hell yeah, why not? That'll be fun. And so um, you, you partner, you, you pick a partner, and then you uh, are given these prompts and you uh, negotiate on behalf of your fictional client. And then judges, mediators, and, uh, and lawyers in the community would judge your performance and, and tell you how well you did. And so we won the competition at our school, which gave us the opportunity to represent the school at the American Bar Association uh, regional competition in Ottawa, Ontario. And then we went and we won that competition, too. And then we were able to represent the school at the national competition in New Orleans, Louisiana, and we made it to the semis of that. And I was just like, I was hooked. I was like, whatever I do, it needs to involve this. And uh, that's, that's when the love affair with negotiation began. Ooh, that's that's crazy. Like you you kind of like found it on a whim and you basically found your life's calling. Like that's that's heavy. That's deep too. That's just like so much like if you're listening, you're in college, like look at those classes carefully because you never know, right? <laughs> you never know. And and that's when I really realized that um the re the key to my success in it wasn't that I knew more than people. Like I said, I just took one class. Um, the, the thing, the, the key to my success was the fact that I became obsessed with this and, and I, I simply, and me and my partner, we simply outworked the competition. We were, we, we outworked everybody. And it's like I said before, you win these, these negotiations, you, you do, you win it in the preparation, not in the actual implementation. Of course, like once you perform, like if you prepare the right way, the, the performance is, it's almost like a, a foregone conclusion. Um, but it was really the preparation that set us apart. And uh, I've, I've come to the conclusion that, you know, you might be smarter than me. You might be better looking than me, whatever. But you will not outwork me, especially not in this field. I have too much passion, too much curiosity. And I will simply work harder than people because I like it. <laughs> <laughs> um, that, that, and that's dope, man. And I know you're a master of negotiations. And I know you said that. Uh, we were kind of talking a little bit before the podcast. Uh, you you have some kind of uh, incentive for our listeners. You mind uh, kind of broadcasting that out so the listeners can get in touch with you? Definitely. I'm not sure if I mentioned it yet on this show, but I believe the most important part of a negotiation is the preparation. I, I, did I say that before? Maybe. Um, I don't know. You definitely <laughs> highlighted that aspect. You know, you definitely highlighted that. But but um, so I, I created this free preparation guide. And so I have a very systematic approach to negotiation, and this is a, and you could use this like four-page guide to to prepare for the most important negotiations you have coming up, um, whether it be social, personal, professional, whatever. It'll help. And so if you go to AmericanNegotiationInstitute.com/prep, and so that's P-R-E-P, um, you can get that free guide. So AmericanNegotiationInstitute.com/prep, and then the first ten people who download that prep guide um, next week, I guess that's the third week of April, um, will get, we'll get a free negotiation coaching uh, call with me. And 
please, people, you got to go do it. Because if you don't, I swear me and Paul will use a bottle session. <laughs> 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 don't don't waste. And I'll, I'll, I'll come up with different aliases, right? Uh, <laughs> different accents and stuff. <laughs> and I think that I think it's incredible, like what you're doing. And obviously, negotiation, and then with the law side, you kind of you probably encounter like a lot of memorable people. If you could, could you kind of give the story on like who has been your most memorable client and why? Yeah, I'd say the first, the, my most memorable client is my first one. Um, he's a lawyer out on the West Coast. He he listened to the podcast and he sent me this long email explaining a scenario that he was dealing with. And he's like, yeah, I love the podcast. Uh, here's my c- scenario. Um, I work in this field, but um, I, I'm not particularly good at negotiation. So I'd like to bring you in as a consultant. And so what do you think my thought was when I when I read that? You had to be excited, right? Right. Money signs. <laughs> no, my oh. thought was. Man, this is a scam. This ain't real. You kidding me? <laughs> the Nigerian prince like, somewhere. Yeah, exactly. I was like, man, nobody's listening to this podcast. I'm here talking to myself. <laughs> and so, um, but I was like, but he's he's his English is solid, and uh, and he is saying a lot of legal terms that that were appropriately used. I'll send a polite email back just in case. And he's like, yeah, let's have a call and chat. Guy was 100% legit. And um, it was a multi-million dollar deal. Uh, he was in a situation where uh, his client owed like three or four different people. Um, but he he they had one about one point five million dollars to go around, and there were three there were those other parties. The four other parties wanted a total of three point four million dollars. That math does not work. <laughs> so he uh, wanted me to come in as a consultant and, and help him out. And then yes, then the money sign started going off and. Um, yeah, we we've, we've been working together on a number of cases since. We 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 were able to get a deal in that impossible case. And so since then whenever he has tough cases, he reaches out to me and he's uh he's referred friends to me too. So it's it's been a really interesting part of the business. I never thought of myself as somebody who could be brought in as a negotiation consultant. Not because I didn't think I had the skills, but I didn't know if there was a business opportunity, but like I said, when you when you put yourself out there, opportunities will find you. And so that that has been a lot of fun. We've had some we've had some interesting cases. Wow, that that's Jesus. That's a story right there. You're out here negotiating multi million dollar deals, and I mean, I'm I'm doing my best just to get an extra biscuit at Popeyes, man. You, got me. <laughs> <laughs> you definitely you definitely but lead you know the way. It's it's funny that you say that because that's where it starts, and because I tell people all the time, you in order like your first step in becoming a better negotiator is getting comfortable with the ask because that's where most negotiations end because people forget to ask for what they want they're too afraid they don't want to seem needy and they don't want to seem greedy and they don't want to hurt people's feelings but you need to get over it so i tell them engage in rejection therapy ask for things that you think you'll never get so you're talking about uh, negotiating for an extra extra biscuit at popeye's when I go to the coffee shop, I ask for extra uh, extra pastries, and my heart like flutters every time. It's like Kwame, you're going to ask for a pastry. That's a big deal. But I need to get <laughs> need to get over that. And so negotiating those small things will make you more emotionally prepared when it's time to negotiate those big things. So don't sleep on those opportunities. Negotiate everything, or I guess the name of the podcast. Go ahead and negotiate anything. Gotta love it right there. He gave you some truth, and he did a good shameless but not shameless plug so i mean <laughs> what more can you ask for man 
Kwame, you've been like a revolution. I definitely think that you've not only piqued me and my co-host interest in negotiation, but I know you definitely had to get our listeners up and running. But, you know, sad to say, we come to the famous time for the famous Educate Hustle two-piece where we ask you the final two questions. The first one is always easy, no pressure. How can the people connect with you? Yeah, the best way to connect with me is is LinkedIn. And um, one thing I always promise there's going there's going to be a point where I, I can't do this anymore. But um, if you connect with me on LinkedIn, you get a personal message from me because I always want to know how you found me and what I can do to help. Because when it comes to the content on the podcast, like I said, um, I need to know what people care about so I can keep this information super practical. So reach out to me on LinkedIn and and we'll 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 chat. And uh, of course, check out the podcast. Yeah, did y'all hear that? He, he'll personally hit you up for connecting with him. That we don't get that often. I think that's the first one ever on the podcast to do it. So, man, please take advantage of it. He's out here. He really wants to help out. So, props to you for having that. Thank advantage. you. And now the second one, the hardest one. No big deal, though. I mean, no pressure. Just the last <laughs> words that our people, our you know, listeners, are going to hear from you today. You know, the last parting words. So, what would you impart on our listeners? before we leave today? The most important thing that you can do to improve your ability to persuade is not focus so much on what you say, but what you ask, and then listening to the response. Um, when, you do, when you negotiate the right way, your, con- your breakdown of conversations should be about 70-30, where they are ta- the other side is talking 70% of the time, and you are listening um, that 70%, and then you're only speaking 30%. Because when you're when you're when you achieve that breakdown, that means you're asking great questions, which means you're getting more information, which makes you a competent, a more competent negotiator. And what you'll find is sometimes if you ask the right questions, you can lead people down a logical path where they persuade themselves without you making any affirmative statements. So the best thing you can do, be more curious and ask great open ended questions. Oh, man, I hope y'all feeling that right. I felt the wave. Mr. Kwame, you, you, like I said, you've been out here. You did the damn thing. People, 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 please go out. He gave you the link. We're going to give it to you in the description below. Click on it. First 10 people get to have sessions with this man for free. He's going to help you out for free with these sessions. I mean, please. Go go utilize it because like I said, if if if, if some time passed and they still on the table, me and Paul are gonna use them up. I guarantee <laughs> we'll, we'll, we'll make a reason to be in those sessions. So I mean, he's giving you the all access. He's gonna give you a personalized message on LinkedIn if he can still do it. I mean, you you're, you're really getting all of this for 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 like what? No 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 financial input on your own end. Like I mean, what 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 re- what resources do you need, man? You just gotta do it. So. Man, it's Kwame. It's just been a pleasure. I know, I know, for me and Paul, I can say you've definitely been a highlight to have come on and just show us about your world and answer our questions. My pleasure. Thanks for inviting me. This was fun. I appreciate it. All right, folks. There you have it. That's Mr. Kwame Christian giving us them negotiation tips for success. 
Milio, what'd you think about that, man? That that episode was essential. I mean, it's crazy because, like he said, like no one really thinks about negotiation, but we we kind of use it a lot. Like anytime you're disputing with your friends on who had the better album, or maybe how to get that, like I was saying, the podcast, the extra biscuit from from a uh, Popeyes, or even if you're with your girl and you're trying to convince her to watch a movie on Netflix over what she want to watch, like negotiation is like popping up all the time, and he's made a career out of it. And he has a passion for it, so it's dope to hear. And I I know for for me personally, I'm gonna check out his podcast because hey man, who doesn't want to know like ways to save on your car and other things in life? Yeah, and he's a fun guy to kind of talk to as well. So it's not like you know it's this topic of negotiations that everybody's scared to talk about. But I mean, this man makes it fun. He uh, you know gets into personal things that are you know interesting, like ways to come back from saying no or uh the whole rejection uh therapy was a was a great little tidbit that that we all gotta practice man we all gotta kind of take blows to our ego just to get a little bit stronger so um definitely gonna hit up the podcast negotiate anything uh and check it out and uh definitely rate and review like we gotta rate and review our show right exactly exactly which is probably the best segue into the favorite part of the whole educator hustle experience how you Yes, you can reach us. Educate us can reach a variety of different means on social media. We are on Snapchat at Educate a Hustle. That's all one word, Educate a Hustle. There he posts videos, little behind the scenes tidbits and inspirational things to get you through the week. We are also on Instagram at Educate Hustle Podcast. Once again, that is Educate Hustle Podcast. There we do promos for the newest episodes out and give you some good life sayings to keep you motivated and pumped and ready to tackle your new venture or challenge. And also, we are on Facebook. All you have to do is type in Educate Hustle. That's two words, Educate Hustle. You know you reached the right page because you'll see that logo you guys all know and love. Now, before I continue plugging, I got to stop to do even more plugging. As my co-host alluded to earlier, please, 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 if you haven't already, please rate and review the show. It's a very simple process. All you got to do is go to the iTunes app. It's purple on iPhones. If not, on your computer, you could just do it. Type in Educate a Hustle. You'll see our logo. Click that. There's going to be a tab in the middle of the screen that says review. Hit that tab and then write a review. We don't really tell you what stars you should give us because, you know, freedom of freedom of choice. It's, it's, it's a free country. But we do highly recommend you give us five stars because it lets us know we're doing a great job and we think we're doing a great job. But please, please, please. Please rate and review the show. It helps us get better guests, which helps us get more opportunities, which helps us make better shows in general. So please, please, please do not forget to rate and review. Anyways, enough of that plugging. Let's get back into some more plugging. You can also reach us on Twitter at educator underscore hustle. Once again, that is educator underscore hustle. That's probably one of the best ways to reach us because guess what? It goes right to our phone. We do daily interactions and just other things to help keep the educator hustle movement are going in you know side note we actually got a good retweet today from someone who you know i never even knew listened to the show but i follow uh, with my personal account on twitter and i saw that he retweeted our twitter account show and he was saying it uh he was saying that uh you know he basically said dogs like he's trying to emphasize his time like hey man y'all need to check this out it was episode on love and relationships and you know I don't know why, but on Fridays, all the love relationship like questions and tips come out. So it, it, it was it's definitely inspiring to see and definitely cool to see. And you know, he definitely took the Twitter handle and helped motivate it and push it to his timeline, which is a new group of people. So like I said, 
probably one of the quickest and easiest ways to get to us and we notice it like it goes right to our phone and we will you know we might have to we might have to send you the little bag of money towards the end of the month but we definitely notice it and last but not least if you really feel like that we have changed your life giving you something to hope for maybe you just really enjoy the show do not be afraid or hesitate to email us at educate hustle podcast at gmail.com once again that is educate hustle podcast at gmail.com that's for collabs and chords you want to be on the show you want us to be on your show we really respond to it all yes sir and you know bro you got to lead us out man so lead us out people 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 it's it's so great and refreshing to, to find someone who believes in you and Kwame believes in us so much. He, you know, we're all family, we're all from the island. So he 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 immediately noticed that from the moment we first talked to him and it was all love since then. And I just wanted to use this week to remind you that if you don't have it already, find someone who's in your corner and talk to them. Just because you know they're in the corner does not mean it should be enough. Talk to them. Get to know them. I mean, I think everyone has people that they should talk to more. Just get that insight. And it's easy to say, oh, I, you know, I know he's, I know they're, they, they believe in me and I'll get talk to them, sit down with them because you really underestimate how much they can make you feel better, how much they can recharge you into doing more when you have that positive push. You know, it's easy to get weighed down by a lot of negativity and a lot of naysaying. So do not, do not, do not be afraid to recharge with people in your circle that you know are only aiming up and want you to go up with them. Yes, sir. And as always, you got to stay educated and keep hustling.